first point guard and Blazer beat writer Mike Richmond. You're listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode is a very special one. We are joined by none other than the host of Locked On Raptors, Norm Powell enthusiast and expert Sean Woodley. Sean, how you doing? I'm good, Mike. How's it going, man? Oh, it's going great. It's Friday afternoon and Damian Lillard is taking a night off to rest. It's the thing Blazer fans have been asking for for years. And it's finally, <laughs> finally happening. More yeah. importantly, though, uh, Norman Powell will be in the building. Whether he'll be in a uniform remains to be seen, but he's going to be in the building uh, traveling all the way from Tampa to Orlando. And uh, <laughs> it's it's unclear whether he's going to make his debut. He's listed as questionable. Uh, I'm sure there's some testing and some physicals and some just sort of trade log- or logistics to be worked out. But he'll be there. Like the understanding is he'll be there. Just we don't know if he's going to make his debut. So it's he very well may make his debut against those very Raptors, which will be quite something. But you are someone who's watched Norm up close for every second of his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, what? let's just start on offense. What, what does he bring and what has, you know, he's had back-to-back career years. What does he bring to the Blazers um, in sort of the growth he's shown over the last couple seasons? The man is a bucket. <laughs> that is the Norm Powell thing, right? Like he, you know, I think for the first part of his career, there was never really any consistency to his role. He would oscillate back and forth between reserve starter, key part of the bench, sort of outskirts bench guy. And it's only been in the last couple of years that it, that's not necessarily his role has been defined because he's gone back and forth between starting and being in the bench. But his role when he's on the floor is now basically all always the same. And it's, you know, he's the third, fourth option when things swing to him, whether out of a double team or just, you know, a pass from the post and it swings around the horn. He's just so freaking good at attacking a closeout because his first step is I don't think it's hyperbolic to say one of like the five best in the NBA. Like he's extremely explosive. He's got long strides for a guy who's only like six foot four and he can get to the basket in the blink of an eye. And what happened to really sort of, I guess, solidify him as this really efficient scorer is he learned how to finish at the basket. He was a pretty one trick pony for the first part of his career. He would drive, he would try to finish left and he would either finish or brick it off the top of the backboard (laughs) and right into the waiting arms of a, of a defensive player. And now he's just got this whole package of moves around the basket where he's got these little floaters. He's got the reverse finishes. He's just so composed. He'll like look for contact and use contact to finish and get to the free throw line as well. He's just really, really refined around there. And then you factor in the fact that I think this is now three years running. He's been a 40% plus three-point shooter. I think he's at like 43% this yeah, season. He's, he's killing it. He's, yeah. he's, he's nuts. And where he really shines in the three-point department is in transition. I mean, he'll run out to the corners as fast as he can. And, you know, there'll be, you know, Pascal Siakam, for example, like a huge part of the Raptors transition game is Siakam grabbing and going and taking a board himself and going the other way. And, Basically like clockwork, Norm's waiting there in the right corner and it feels like it's never going to miss. And that is the beauty. He's just a pure scorer at this point. He's a three-level scorer. He can pull up. He can hit mid-rangers. Uh, I, I feel like he never misses mid-rangers either when he ever, whenever he has to step in from the three-point line because he's been run off of it. He's just a really dynamic scorer. The rest of his game, you know, there's some left to be desired, but 
you know, you're getting one of the most efficient high volume scores in the NBA, quite literally this season. He's like in the Zach Levine tier of efficiency, which is really ridiculous because Zach Levine's been out of this world good. Yeah, like and, a, a yeah. surefire all-star, and then there's Norm right next to him. Yeah, exactly. You know, and that's obviously where you see the difference, right? You know, Norm, not much of a playmaker, pretty spacey defender at times, but in terms of a guy who can come in and, you know, I think be a third guy who can run some bench units for you uh, out in Portland it's a pretty nice little pickup for the Blazers whatever they're going to do with them in the future I don't know but uh as like let's say I made this joke yesterday on Lockdown Raptors as far as deadline deals for two guards who went to UCLA I think Norm Powell will offer more than Aaron Aflalo did (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's the concern, right? Is the last time they made a deal um, that was like, you know, universally lauded or whatever at the deadline, trading away a good young wing, Will Barton, for an established vet, Aaron Aflalo, it, it super flopped. Um, obviously, you know, it's not, it's not all the same, but uh, certainly there are some, there's some correlation there. Uh, one thing I like about Norm's game um, is that he wears a lot of gear. I like that he wears undershirt <laughs> and tights. That's one of my favorite things about his game. But it's, He's also got his own personal brand, which is well, a big yeah, departure. The, the Raptors are a team who have all personal brands, and it's a real departure. I'm assuming uh, GTJ or some sort of uh, Gary Trent Jr. Uh, clothing line is coming out. Yeah, it has to, right? I yeah. assume <laughs> that when you get there, part of the onboarding is like, and here is our logo person. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've, here's they've one of the, Nick Nurse's hats. Yeah, here's, here's an <laughs> NN hat and a spicy piece sweatshirt mm-hmm. yeah you don't get um, free fred van vliet stuff though you have to pay for the uh, yeah well, fred, bet you on yourself stuff obviously bet on yourself <laughs> and that includes charging your teammates yeah no uh, discount codes uh like you said norm norm scores at a couple different levels like he um i believe he's the only player in the league averaging or one of excuse me one of four players in the league averaging five points per game on drives and five points per game on spot ups like the dude mm-hmm. is um can score at a bunch of he can score in a bunch of different ways. And I think that helps. And I think the other thing that helps, and you alluded to this too, is that he's he's used to being a, a guy who can get a bucket, but in a complimentary role. You don't yeah. have to say, hey, Norm, this is you, this is your six minutes. You know, it's not Lou Williams where you say, like, hey, here's your six minutes to run the show. We'll get the hell out of the way. Like he, he, he scores as as the other guy or as the even the third and the fourth guy. And I think. I think his ability to kind of slide into a very similar role next to Damon CJ is, is going to be valuable. Is that, I mean, he, he didn't get, he runs offense, but it wasn't like he didn't get big chunks of sort of like you go do it yourself unless they were injured. Right. Yeah. The only time we really saw him kind of be like the number one was when uh, half the team was out with the plague this past month and he was excellent. I mean, his efficiency was through the roof. I think he had a 40-point game in there somewhere. He was ridiculous. And yeah, he fits really nicely next to two ball-dominant guards. It's, it's a really nice fit. It's basically, you know, Lowry, Fred Van Vliet, kind of a similar corollary to Lillard and McCollum. I, I think the defense might be more of a concern because, you know, Fred yeah. and Kyle could kind of cover for Norm a little bit more than I think Damon CJ will. But as far as being an excellent guy to pair with those guys, especially considering how often those two see extra attention in the postseason and, you know, they're seeing traps at the top of the pick and roll. If you have a big who can find a Norm Powell who's cutting from the baseline or find him in the corner for a three and a four on three, I mean, Powell is just deadly in picking those apart. You know, he won basically 
the Raptors a playoff series like this back in 2017 when they were taking on the uh, Milwaukee Bucks and they were down 2-1, I believe, in the series. Things were going a little bit hairy. They put Norm into the starting five. They go small. And the four on threes were just money for Norm because they would send two guys to DeMar DeRozan or Kyle Lowry. You know, Jonas Valanciunas would get the ball in the short roll and then he would just pick out Norm and Norm just eviscerated the Bucks. And that's just kind of where he's at his best. He's, he's just a really, really good complimentary scorer who, you know, he doesn't necessarily have to put up 20 a game, but if the circumstances for the top players on your team call for it, then he absolutely right. is able and capable and eager to do that. The short roll thing for the Blazers is kind of an issue that I'm not sure that they, <laughs> I'm not sure that they've solved yet. In theory, use of Nurkic helps. He's going to return tonight, uh, his first game back, and after missing ten weeks. But I don't know. Like, I mean, that it's the the math has been trapped, Damon. I bet the other guys can't beat you. Uh, I think Norm. Ad, I think Norm adds a dynamic in terms of a downhill juice, and like you said, like someone who knows how to read those, those mismatches really well out of when you're playing four on three, but someone has to make the pass. So um, that's, a, that's a, a sort of a part of the equation that the Blazers will have to figure out with Robert Covington, Carmelo Anthony and Yusuf Nurkic and Ennis Cantor. And boy, is that a tough list of uh, adults Secondary who can playmakers. Yeah, adults <laughs> who can pass. That's a tough list. Yeah, I guess it's Robert I Covington. But that's oof. the thing too is I wouldn't expect much from Norm in the way of playmaking, and he won't have to do much with CJ and Dame there. But I, like Norm's classic thing is he'll score like forty points and have zero assists and zero rebounds, and it's cool as hell. I think he yeah. actually did exactly that and became the second player uh, after Carmelo Anthony to have a forty with zero assists game. Uh, it was pretty rad, <laughs> and that's kind of the Norm Powell special. And look, there will be nights where you get bad Norm. And, you know, he's not scoring, his shot is off, and he doesn't do a ton elsewhere to provide value. But bad norm has become far more scarce than good norm these days. It's pretty consistent you're going to get good norm. And, you know, the scoring is really valuable. It was super valuable for the Raptors, considering they're a team that is prone to half-court struggles and Norm can kind of break open a possession for them. Uh, It'll be less of a, I think, necessity for the Blazers, but... He uh he he has no problem uh scoring and maybe not ever looking to pass once. Uh, that's kind of the thing. Yeah, but, I think I you I, know as a play finisher that that's kind of what you need around Damon CJ if they're seeing that extra attention, right? Yeah, I, I think I, I text you after the trade is like I like Norman Powell. His confidence is life affirming. Um, <laughs> but his confidence is uh maybe it's it is a, never wanes. I will say it rarely rarely wanes. That's yeah. not something you have to worry about with him. Um, you alluded to it, and I think the big question for Norm, and I want to talk about this next, is is the defense. So let's do that in the second segment. Let's talk about what Norman Powell brings on the defensive end. But first, I want to tell my listeners about betonline.ag. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. NBA games every night. Both men's and women's NCAA tournaments are rounding into their final weeks, and the NHL has games happening on the ice every single evening. And if you don't want to bet on sports, they got TV shows and reality TV you can bet on. You'll find real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline also got you covered for real-time news and scores. It's just the best way to place your bets online. It's free to sign up. So head on over to their website, betonline.ag, and use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. The website is betonline.ag, the promo code is LOCKEDON, and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. 
All right, we're still chatting here with Sean Woodley of Locked On Raptors. We talked about what Norman Powell brings on offense, but now I want to shift the conversation to defense because that's always going to be the question with this iteration of the Blazers is what does what does any player bring on the defensive end? Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet are good defensive players. Damian Lord and CJ McCollum are not. That's not what they are. Can Norm play next to those two defensively? I mean... The offense will be basically unstoppable. So maybe you just do the Nets thing where it's like, yeah, we're giving up a lot in our wing defense, but look at how many points we're scoring. Yeah. Kevin Durant I, is seven feet tall, though, is what this the thing is true out there. This is very true. I, I think, yeah, that's a really interesting one because I know the, the Blazers have like Derek Jones Jr. and Robert Covington, who they've been starting. And obviously, those guys offer defense that kind of insulates the main guys a little bit. And I guess with Cantor having to play in the center, it's not exactly how defense come from that position either. Like I wouldn't build expectation of Norm being some sort of shutdown guy. And it might be that he's better served in bench lineups with one of those guys or something right. like that. Um, but like, I would see what you could do with him to start and, and, you know, put him at the three, you know, he can guard, you know, one through three, whether it's capably, it kind of varies, but if you put him at the three and you have, you know, Covington at the four, maybe you go small with Jones Jr. at the five or something like that. That can be a reasonable defense. Right. Like Norm is not, he's not Lou Williams. Like he's not just like giving up turnstile defense all the time. His real issues are off ball and just kind of losing track and getting out of position with rotations and stuff. And it was sort of the one limiting factor for the Raptors defense when, you know, they would go small, they would play their patented fly around like maniacs defense you know, Norm sometimes would be the weak link in that chain. Sure. And then that would be exposed. But he's pretty good on ball. He's decent at fighting through screens. Although, you know, if there is a concern injury-wise with Norm, it's that it's he's had some shoulder stuff in his past, and all of it is usually him getting caught up on a screen. So <laughs> I guess to take that for what it's worth, you know, on ball, he can be just fine guarding a point guard or whatever it might be. Like, better than Damon CJ, I would say. But he's not you're not getting him for his defense. Let's put it that way. You're getting him because he's a, a super efficient scorer. And that's why, you know, I'm not sure how you feel about the deal. You know, and I'd like to talk to you about Trenton and hood a little bit. Yeah, please, please. But you know, I, I'm not sure if you thought it was a good deal. I thought it was a bit of a curious one just because Trent seems to fit that wing defense need that norm doesn't really, but maybe they valued the scoring more and that third creator next to those main two guys more, which is totally fine. I and mean, there's the contract situations to figure out too, but you know, that that's certainly the, if you're skeptical about the deal, you're skeptical because the defense is not necessarily where you'd want it to be. Right. And part of the equation with the Blazers before we'll move on to the other half of the trade in a second, but part of the equation with the Blazers is it's hard to give a dude a whole bunch of money. If he isn't mm -hmm. a good fit next to Damon CJ, right? Like, if he doesn't answer the equation of can we be a competent defensive team, and they certainly haven't been that this year by any means, but if but if if Norm isn't even an answer to that question or a possible answer to that question, it's hard to give him eighty million dollars this summer, and then right. and then that makes the trade. It's like you know, then that brings more questions into the trade. Like why was this rental worth it? Um, all those things, right? Like so, yeah. to me, the big question is like, can you play Norm against? I mean, and this is like a really tough thing, but I think this also is the reality. It's like, can Norm guard Luca? You know, like no, no, he cannot. Right, <laughs> and so like, so then, what do you do? Because you then you play Derek Jones Jr. Like, 
okay, well, you're losing a little bit on offense and then you've sort of sacrificed some, you know what I'm saying? Like it's yeah, the, yeah. the equation is difficult. I think if Norm can't do those things that I don't really see him as that um, he's definitely more athletic. He gets downhill. He gets to the free throw line. He does good stuff on offense, but um, the Blazers questions always going to come back to, can you guard enough to play with our two stars? And I'm not sure that Norm is worth 20 million annually to, to figure that out necessarily. Yeah, I mean, that was the question, right? And I think that's the calculus the Raptors made was, you know, and I was on record saying I was totally fine if they wanted to bring back Norm and have him be their fourth guy next to their core three going forward. I thought that would have been totally acceptable, but I get why they would have hangups because his value is so tied up in the scoring. And maybe you can sort of replicate the scoring while also filling in some some on the defensive end. Yeah, I think I I totally agree. I think that remains the uh, I think that remains the biggest question, and we'll see. It's why I'm really curious. Uh, like I said, Norm might not make his debut. Recording this on Friday afternoon, sounds like he's going to be in the building, but might not make his debut against the Orlando Magic, which means he will play Sunday. An ironic debut for old Norman Powell against his former Raptors in Tampa Bay. Uh, Norman Powell isn't the only one set to return to the Blazers lineup against the Orlando Magic on Friday night. Yusuf Nurkic is going to make his return, and that's what I want to talk about to close out the show. Nurk's back. What does it mean for sort of the rest of the lineup, and what are the decisions Terry Stotts has to make going forward now that Nurk is healthy after missing two months? That's what we'll talk about in the third segment. But before we get there... I want to tell y'all about Built Bar. You know Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar on the market. If you don't know Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar on the market. It's low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. But now it's time to determine which is the best tasting protein bar. That's right. It's Built Bar Madness. The good folks at Built Bar got a bracket for you. And it's time to determine which is the best tasting protein bar head on over to builtbar.com or visit their twitter handle at bar underscore built to vote for which bar is going to advance to the flavorful four and join cookies and cream and mint brownie head on over to the website to place your to make your pick or and while you're there you can still use LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 at builtbar.com for 15% off your next order. And stay tuned to see who's crowned the best tasting protein bar. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. And you're still listening to Locked on Blazers. We talked with Sean Woodley in the first two segments, the host of Locked on Raptors. He gave us his take on what Norman Powell brings on both sides of the ball, what, what uh, Blazers fans can expect from the newest edition. But there's an old edition that's now a new addition to the lineup. Yusuf Nurkic is going to make his debut Friday, or his re-debut, I should say. Uh, maybe just return is the right word. He's going to return to the lineup Friday against the Orlando Magic. I'm recording this on a Friday afternoon, so the game hasn't happened yet. I'll have reactions to what Norman Powell looks like, what Nurkic looks like uh, in the show that posts on Sunday evening after the Blazers play the Raptors. So look look for that in your podcast feeds. But I just want to talk about sort of the decisions that the Blazers have to make now that Yusuf Nurkic is back because we've seen some things that don't make, um, you know, Nurk, Nurk's, Nurk's inclusion is in some ways obvious, but in some ways complicated. So let's let's talk about the obvious stuff first, and then we'll move into the more complicated things. The obvious stuff is that he'll start at center eventually. He's going to be on a minutes restriction tonight. It's not 100% clear what that will be, but you know you assume that he's going to play 15 or 20 minutes, maybe like two two eight-minute shifts or two seven-minute shifts, 14 minutes there for you. So um, 
he's he probably will come off the bench tonight. Maybe he'll start, but I assume he'll come off the bench tonight. It's it's unclear. Terry Terry did not uh, disclose. Terry Stotts did not disclose his plans for that. But regardless, he'll play limited minutes, likely not to be on the floor at the end of the game. But he's eventually the starter. That's that's not uh, that's not in doubt. Uh, I, I think I think there are some there are some reasons to to say that. Ennis Cantor has been better than Nurk this year and maybe deserves to start, but I don't think that's how it plays out. Nurk's going to start. Ennis is going to go back to, as a backup. Um, early in the year, they were kind of splitting the game down the middle, 24 minutes apiece. Uh, I think they get back to something that looks somewhat like that, even though Nurk pushing up towards 30 minutes is probably better. He's if if he's if Nurk is rolling and playing at his peak, like he's he's just a better basketball player than Ennis. Brings more to the table defensively, adds an, a passing element on offense. That um, while Cantor has shown some ability to pass, his decision making as a as a playmaker is. Uh, you know, one, two, sometimes four beats too slow. Uh, and, and Nurk has has a real knack for that. So I think that's the obvious stuff, right? Of, right? Like eventually he starts there. But all of the other sort of um, cascading decisions behind that are, I think, what what is more complicated. One, at the beginning of the year, the Cantor, the Ennis Cantor Carmelo Anthony pairing was a nightmare defensively. Teams just could attack, attack, attack. And both uh, both of them are sort of not good in the pick and roll. So you, whoever you pick in pick and roll sort of main dance partner, not particularly good. And they're not particularly good weak side defenders. So they can't cover for each other and they can't defend at the point of attack. And that combo together, the Blazers would get eaten alive. One of the benefits of having Nurk out was that the Blazers basically didn't have to play Ennis and Carmelo Anthony together at all. And part of, so I, I think... I think that's a complication for Terry is how do you, if you can't avoid that pairing just because of how the rotations work and you have to play them, you know, limited minutes together, what can you do to supplement those, those problematic minutes? I think one, you try to avoid it, but, but I think there are just, at least in the regular season, there are going to be say four minutes in the first half where you kind of have to go to that. So then it matters who else is on the floor with them. I've said this a bunch. The thing that coaches do is decide who plays and when. So if you can't figure out a creative way to avoid those guys playing um, next to each other, who plays with them matters. And that's why I think eventually it might make more sense to start Norman Powell and move specifically Derek Jones Jr. to the second unit. Um, I was kind of on board with this plan with start Rodney Hood and move Derek Jones Jr. to the second unit early in the year. Uh, Rodney Hood wasn't good enough to deserve those minutes, um, but but my reasoning was that giving the Blazers a little offensive punch with a better defensive with their defensive duo of Robert Covington and Yusuf Nurkic, then the defensive deficiencies on the wing don't matter as much, and it offers a little more defensive sturdiness with Derek Jones Jr. in that second unit. I still am kind of banging that drum. Like, I still kind of think that that's okay. Um, it does make for a little bit of strange lineups where Derek Jones Jr. might be technically playing the two, uh, where you have, like, CJ, Derek Jones, Nazir Little, Carmelo Anthony, and Ennis. Um, uh, Nazir Little has shown his ability to space that it's okay. Uh, Carmelo Anthony provides some spacing. I think you can get away with something that looks like that. That's not a, a traditional lineup by any means. And I think like Derek Jones at shooting guard might um, give people some pause. But uh, I think Derek Jones' help defense, his on-ball defense, his sort of ability to be maybe a backline defender with his length would help complement some of the issues with the Ennis and Carmelo pairing. The other thing I think Nurk brings back is if 
is the, is the playmaking, like I mentioned. I really think that's a big deal. Um, the rim protection, the playmaking that Nurk provides is his biggest, bo- his biggest boost. So for me, um, while the second unit might take some tinkering, uh, Damian Lillard is not going to play tonight against the Orlando Magic. He is out. Uh, he's, he's, he's dealing with some bumps and bruises. They're giving him the night off. They're playing a super undermanned Magic team. They should win regardless. Uh, if you're into this kind of thing, they're still favored on betonline.ag to win despite um, despite uh, Damon Lord's absence. The Magic just traded all their good players, right? Uh, and e- their last remaining good player, Terrence Ross, is uh, is not healthy. So the guys who they brought in, and uh, Gary Harris and RJ Hampton, are still in trade protocols, likely not available. So the Magic are going to have uh, nine available players. It's going to be a lot of Dwayne Bacon, Michael Carter-Williams, and Mo Bamba. That's just not a very good NBA team. The Blazers should win regardless. So I don't think we'll learn a lot about the rotations tonight, necessarily, because Norm might not play. Dame's not going to play. So we'll probably learn more on Sunday when the sort of full complement of Blazers are available. But I think there's some, I think, obviously, as I've just mentioned, there's some sort of complications to figure out about who plays and when and how to balance the second unit so that team just doesn't hemorrhage points but still has enough sort of offensive punch to be um, to be valuable. And I think CJ plus Ennis Cantor is a lot of offensive punch, uh, even if on nights where Carmelo Anthony doesn't necessarily have it going. But I think really like Nurk's backline defense is the most important part of the rest of the Blazers season. If he can be a defensive anchor, I'm not talking like an elite defensive team. I'm just talking like if Nurk can be a defensive anchor, someone who provides plus defending every minute he's on the floor, then the Blazers ceiling raises a little bit. Not not dramatically. I'm not saying they go to like this like elite contender status, but I think they go from like just horrific defense every night that needs to score and score and score and kind of has to win every game in the final three minutes. If if they win, they win every game in the final three minutes, right? Uh to to a team that's competent enough defensively and has can put lineups out there that are plus defensively so they don't just have to rely on sort of like clutch playmaking uh like that's been their formula right is like get get the games close and make enough plays to kind of steal some in the final seconds like nurks nurks value and what is the biggest thing that he's going to provide is a traditional rim protection and competent defense um, for a team that struggles a little bit as perimeter defense but some of their struggles are they let guys get into the paint and having a better player into the paint or have a better player protect the paint like Nurk uh, who is a better defensive player than Ennis Cantor that that changes the calculation so I I don't think we'll learn a lot Friday, but I think Sunday and then going into next week, uh, we'll start to see more of what Nurk can provide, how the Blazers are treating it. It's going to be fascinating. So make sure you're listening to this podcast. Like I said, we'll have um, we'll have a reaction to Norm's Norm's uh, first game or first couple games, depending on if he plays tonight. Nurk's return. Uh, all Sunday evening after the Blazers play the Toronto Raptors, I'll post that uh, Sunday. It'll be in your podcast feeds Monday. On Monday, we'll record our uh, Mailbag Monday. It's a mailbag episode. If you want to get involved, at Mike D. Rich on Twitter or email me, LockedOnBlazersPod at gmail.com. We're going to have interviews next week. It's uh, We are in the stretch run of the season. The Blazers are past the trade deadline. They've upgraded the roster. They're getting their best uh, center back. This It's time. So tell your friends about this podcast. Tell them they can find it wherever they already get podcasts. Just search Lockdown Blazers. will be there waiting for you. Appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.